right, so welcome to initial <clears throat> podcast episode of Slightly Toasted, coming to you live from uh, a basement somewhere in the southeastern part of the United States. My name is Chris. I'm David. I'm Mike. And I'm Keith. And our goal here is uh, pretty loose. I think we've got a lot to talk about, whether you're a uh, beginner when it comes to wine or somebody who's been into wine for quite some time, probably have a lot to share, maybe give you some insights and pass a little knowledge and hopefully some humor along the way. That's kind of what our goal is. So we've got a, uh, a loosely held uh, agenda for each one of the shows that is um, similar to the case for this particular show. And I think we've got a good one laid out for this. But, Mikey, you actually had a good idea for um, the show and the wines we're going to taste for tonight. So why don't you talk a little bit about what your thought was for the show this evening? Sure. We're going to each talk about a little little brief background on ourselves. And we each brought a, a bottle of wine that is in some way meaningful to us in our respective wine journeys and how we got here. And um, so we're going to start rolling in, into that, and along the way we'll be drinking some wine with you. So if you don't have a glass, then pause and go get a glass and pop something open. And I think we're going to start with, with Keith's uh, yeah, great sure, bottle sure. that Keith brought. A very generous bottle. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, so brief background, I probably... 20, 25 years ago, I started to appreciate wine to some degree. I had a roommate after college that uh, was drinking wine, was buying decent wines, and introduced me, and I realized that I liked Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, and at the time, I couldn't afford what uh, he was getting through his company, and local wine stewards, the wine shop around me, it said, why don't you try this one? If you like the, I guess, can we name brands? If you like Silver Oak, uh, why don't you try this? And it was a Groth Vineyards out of Napa. And at the time, I think it was a $15 bottle of wine. It was a stretch, but it wasn't astronomical. 15? 15. Wow, 15. One five. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I've been enjoying it since then. Wow. 15 bucks for so, Groff? Yeah. That's awesome. So I, I'll be honest, I have not had a Groff since those days. Uh, you know, drank wine, never really went past that. I knew I liked Cabernet and I was, I was a Cabernet guy. Didn't really think about it. Uh, when I moved into this neighborhood, the, the four of us really started talking wine and you know started to think more about it think about the different types of realize what my approach might be or, or what i might get out of this and started tasting zen started realizing that I, I love just about every type of wine you can present me if it's done well uh but tonight i brought a uh, bottle of napa valley groth just the standard as 2013 Bought it today, poured it into a decanter about an hour and a half ago, and it is exceptional. Uh, happy for the folks at Groth. Their product is selling for much more than $15 a bottle now. Uh, <laughs> still not outrageous, but definitely definitely something to appreciate and enjoy. So do we want to give our... Yeah, let's give it a sip. All right. Look at that swirl. Look at, those, look at those legs. It's like canola oil dripping down the glass. Yeah, this is great. It's super smooth, a lot of flavor, and definitely as advertised. 
Absolutely. Definitely a Napa cab. For sure. Yeah, for sure. It's got the uh, got the tannins kicking. But fairly smooth. It's not as grippy as some of the other tannins, especially for a 13. I mean, it's been open for about an hour, yeah. hour and a half. But uh, definitely approachable now. It's not something that I feel needs another two years or so in a bottle to, to loosen up. Yeah, maybe that's me, but... No, they make this to, to pop and drop, for sure. So do you feel um, open? You put it in decanter an hour and a half, hour and a half ago. How different does it taste now versus the, when you first would open it, do you think? I mean, what does the decanting do? I think it's letting... Um, it lets the flavors develop more than anything else. I don't... When I first tasted it, it really was not much more tannic, so I don't think we're loosening that up in the decanter. But... Uh, some of the 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 fruit, the uh, kind of the black fruit I'm getting out of this, they've developed nicely in that hour, hour and a half. So I, I don't know that it needs that long. Uh, one of our casts was a little later than I expected, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that was. What a jerk! I know. So if, it was, but, if this was a 2015, it would probably need to be absolutely decanted, you would think, um, for what we like. 2013 still I think should be yeah. the canon but um, now yeah, could... it doesn't need to be as long this is this is really good it probably still tastes a little different right out right when you popped it but agreed but, but you could Napa pop it for are... uh, it's I would say probably most Napa cabs are going to benefit from a, a little time mm-hmm. in air in the end of canner so yeah and the 2013s are still pretty tight i mean it was a pretty tight year it wasn't like you know 2012 was like 2012 right now is beautiful you pop it and it's it's ready to go good fruit and everything like that 2013s i think you could still let this you could have let this sit in your cellar for True. for another three four years it, it would have it would be uh, easy mellowed a little bit out yeah. um and uh it's really good though i mean it's definitely you know really good bottle for uh you know, for as available as it is, too, you can get this at any. You really can. I saw it today when I was yes. at uh, Total Wine. That's where I got it. Yeah, and it's it's you're right for the for the amount of distribution that they have, it's widely available, and it's probably for that price point one of the better wines out there. What was the price point for our <clears throat> it listener? Was Forty five dollars. Uh, that's that's really so that's good. Not really, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not like your Tuesday wine. No, no, but but trash. it really isn't. So again, the the wine that I was considering was the Silver Oak and I honestly love you guys dearly but for the inaugural podcast I wasn't (laughs) going to pop a Silver Oak Napa at $130 a bottle but I was looking for the uh, the Alexander Valley and they're out and Mm. apparently they've sold out and will not have any more until they release in September well so 2015 was a low yield year so it's not surprising that they probably popped it out but I do want to say that this is the first podcast, but it may be the last too. So if you think of it that way, you should. I pop don't the think of it that way. He's <laughs> planning we'll ahead. We'll pop the Silver Oak in he our hundredth right. episode. Is <laughs> we'll pop the Silver Oak. He's got show notes for fifty shows from now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We'll give you some coming attractions. Towards well, this is phenomenal. I mean, this yeah, is quite. Definitely. You know, definitely there are different um, levels of wines that are that are, you know different flavor profiles different characters and i think what you have to do is just go out there and how do you know you you have to go and taste them 
That's, yeah, that's really yeah. the only way to, to, to learn, to understand what the differences are. And this is a great example of a pure Napa cab that is, you know, at that price point. Again, it's not, you know, something that is, like you said, a Tuesday wine. You're not going to pop this open on a Tuesday night after work. Um, it's more of a special occasion wine, but it is it is really solid and, and one of the one of the better cabs I've had certainly in a while. And it's in most steakhouses, I would I would think. Uh, absolutely. For and probably what, like about a hundred, hundred and ten dollars, probably. Probably. Probably about a little, a little more than. It would more. go very well with a nice cabinet slab strip steak. Absolutely. So what do you like nowadays? So you told us about your kind of how you pick this what? and why, but. Where do you, what do you find yourself drinking lately? Like you're home on a Friday night and you're like, I'm, you know, you got your pretty impressive wine selection yeah. out there. Would you go pop? Um, uh, this summer I've kind of been enjoying Grenache of various types, mm-hmm. either uh, kind of on an old world kick and uh, have bought a number of Cote d'Arones. Um, I, we were having a uh, Grenache Rosé earlier to, to start mm-hmm. the evening off and uh the Chateau Neuf de Pops. Mm-hmm. And again, those are, those tend to be, the Chateau Neufs tend to be a little more expensive. They're, they're a little more finesse, but for whatever reason, the, the weather, the the time frame, that Grenache flavor is really, really singing to me this summer. Mm. But uh, that's a, a fairly recent experience and learning that, but really enjoying that. Um, They've got cool bottles too, man. They, they do have cool bottles, yeah. It's, they could be Syrah gotta, too, right? Not just Grenache. It, it's it's always a blend. There's up to 17 grapes that can be in it, but it's typically uh, Grenache, Syrah, and I think Mouvedre is kind of the three major ones that are going. Mm-hmm. Um, and supposedly, as France is heating up, the Mouvedre is replacing the Syrah in a lot of them. So, but always a blend, always delicious. Yeah. And then too, um, Cote d'Arones, uh are in the Gigandas areas. They're all Grenache blends. There's Gigandas. Gigandas. You made that up. I did not. <laughs> like a I like something. I'm like Jumanji. I was gonna say that. <laughs> the Jugandas. The last Black Panther movie. It's not like <laughs> a location name. <laughs> like right next to Wakanda. Jugandas. So let me ask you this. You so you mentioned going to Total Wine. Both of you did. Um, you guys obviously know what you're looking for. Let's say you have a certain price point in mind, and you're going through a place like Total Wine or your local bottle shop mm-hmm. that has like thousands and thousands of bottles. I mean, how do you how do you narrow it down to you know finding something that you think you might like? I mean, what do you, what are your suggestions for doing that? Mm. That's, it just depends on the person, but like, I well, like well, what do down. you do? I mean, when well, you go to Total Wine, what, what is your process? If I'm going there just to buy like just a, you know, moderately to low price, price bottle of wine, and I'm going somewhere where there's a different varied group of people, I like buying Spanish wine because I feel like like Riojas are pretty much pr- safe for everyone likes Rioja. It seems it's a pretty mild grape. It's not like some people don't like. Napa cabs because they're too, too kind of tight, punchy in too your face. punchy. Yeah, too many tannins or whatever. Some people don't like the funk of a Pinot. I know somebody like who that. didn't used to like hey, Napa we'll cabs. <laughs> <laughs> don't you tell my wine journey, okay? It's up to me to tell my wine journey. But no, I like Riojas. I think that's like a safe bet, Spanish wine, and you can get a great Rioja for twenty bucks or less. Yeah. But I think for twenty bucks you can buy like a Rioja Reserva, even that's solid, that's that you can bring somewhere. And um, people 
port and think it was a much more expensive bottle of wine. I think you've got a couple of options as we're tr kind of transitioning to our, our next bottle that we're going to taste. We can talk about it. But, you know, from my perspective, when I go to, you know, a Total Wine or, or a large or a different place mm -hmm. to buy, you know, you've got obviously your 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 cell phone that has these apps like Vivino mm -hmm. and other things that you can you know take a take a picture of and get ratings right there immediately mm -hmm. and get feedback immediately but for the most part if you're in a in, in a good bottle shop the people that work there are genuinely interested in providing valuable information mm -hmm. to you so to pass it along i mean they're obviously going to ask you some questions and you have to know a little little bit about what you like as far as you know what mm -hmm. your interests are if you have no idea and that's okay just tell them you know what i'm just starting out here's what my price point is i'm looking to spend 10 bucks 15 bucks 20 bucks and they will have some good recommendations for you but you know get the people involved that's that's kind of what i do when i go to those stores it's like I'm, this is what i'm looking yeah. for this is what i like i'm looking for something new help me out yeah absolutely ask the people in the store for sure and we should say that we are not sponsored by anyone although we are taking sponsorships they want to yes. call us um, but you will hear us talk about places like total wine which is here in the southeast where we are located um and apps like Vivino. Apps like Vivino, which, which you, is, if you're listening to this podcast, we, we assume you know Vivino, but if not, check it out. Um, but yeah, no, good point. It's it's can be intimidating when you go to a wine store if you don't know what you're looking for, and when you go to a restaurant, it can be intimidating when they hand the, hand the menu to yes. you and you're like, oh crap, you know, there's yeah regions you're yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. certainly at a restaurant, you've got someone there who's goal is to sell you wine so you know utilize them some some places you know more reliable than others usually your higher-end restaurants will certainly yeah. um, direct you in the right way and so, not yeah. always the expense most no. expensive thing on the true. menu oh, or yeah. in the shop isn't always the best option for what you're looking for and for what your tastes are Very so true. I think you know it's all about your taste and what you, you know for my opinion you know wine is all about the individual and what you like I mean I like wines that are eleven dollars i like wines that are 111 dollars. Mm -hmm. you know it, it just depends on what it is and, and where you get it from and and what your taste taste is like so yeah. just the best thing to do is just try that's right get out there and try as many things as you can which and, and is a good problem to have yeah if you're trying inexpensive <laughs> wines they may not be as polished but you can find flavor profiles that you like and know the tastes and the what you're start identifying what you're looking for in a wine and I'd say at, at restaurants, one of the things I've recognized is the names you know, the, the names that everyone in wine understands and the ones you ask for on the label, they're going to be marked up extensively. Right. And they're always going to be marked up. But if you can talk to a sommelier or someone there and kind of define a profile and just say, what would you suggest? What do you think is good? You can probably get something that is maybe less well-known at a great adventure and not just pay a 200% markup simply because everyone knows Camus. Sorry. Yeah. I love Camus. Not saying anything bad about that. But uh, you know, when you ask for the popular wines, yeah. they know their, where their margin comes from. Yeah. So Exactly right. Ah, look at this. We got, we got, yeah. some, we got service right so here. So we are service trans transitioning Chris. to our Very nice. second line of the evening. Very nice. Um, so this is the wine that I brought, and based on Mike's recommendation of kind of bringing a wine that you know you were you originally had, it was something that kind of kickstarted your interest, your 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 career in wine, if you will. And this is not a wine that 
most people would recognize. In fact, I asked the guy to help me today at the store to find it. He had never heard of it. So I guess it was about 15 years ago that um, my in-laws bought me a, my, I think it was either either me or for, for, for my wife and I, a gift certificate to a local bottle shop in our area. And it was like a, I can't remember, it was like a $100 or $150 gift certificate. So it was super nice, mm. 15 years ago. And at the time, I really didn't drink a whole lot of wine. So I kind of did just exactly what we talked about a second ago, where I walked into the store with my wife, and it's like, I had this gift certificate for $150, want to get some wine? I have no idea what to get, right? So please help help us out, give, give us some ideas. So he basically said, okay, we'll give you a number of different things, different price points, different kind of wines. You know, it was a, we, we had Chardonnays, we had Pinots, and one of the wines that he put in the um, in the basket that we had one night was this Wild Horse Cabernet. And of course, back then, 15 years ago, it would have been, you know, who knows what year it was, 2002, 2003, something like that. But that is the wine, the, one of the first red wines that I had that I remember tasting and thinking, holy crap, this is really good. This red wine stuff is... Is damn good, damn really did good. Did you bring exactly. up a fifteen-year-old cab today? I did, yes. That's awesome. I did not. No. <laughs> so this, so this is the 2015 version of that wine, mm. and I bought it, brought it because you know it was kind of what kickstarted my mm. interest and in my journey down the whole wine, wine, you know, my interest in it. So that's really what kickstarted it for for me, and you know it it. It really has continued to, to this day, and I'm interested to try it. I haven't tried it yet, so let me know what you guys think. Ah, I mean, I smell it. It's just the fruit is just flying off of it. It's great. So I did a little research before you know before we came in. Speaking of Vivino, I did Vivino it. It's got a 4.1 rating. This is a 2015. It's in the neighborhood of 17.99. Mm-hmm. I think is what mm-hmm. I paid for it today. So um, you know, not not one of your super cheap, but certainly not expensive. Certainly a, a Tuesday wine, if you will, is something you can call it that. And I had a lot of great reviews uh, of what I read. So certainly that's what kickstarted it for me back in the day. And this 2015, mm-hmm. I'm hoping, is going to be about the same thing. It's California, Napa. It's Where Paso Robles. Paso Robles. Yeah, Central oh, Coast. Beautiful. Yeah, Central yeah, Coast. Beautiful. Yep. Definitely has a strong... Yeah, it's very strong yeah. fruit. I mean, yep. super fruit coming mm-hmm. off of it, for sure. But um, Paso Robles is making some some tremendous wine. For sure. Uh, is anyone else getting a hint of smoke on the nose? The very back end? Or is that... Or, or is the house on fire? <laughs> no, I'm not getting any smoke. I mean, I get just a ton of fruit coming off of it. And then when you go in there... And this has been open. You mentioned um, yeah. a year, about an hour, hour and a half for the groth. This has been open for... What did we get here? About 40, 30, 45 minutes about ago? 45 minutes. 45 minutes. So it may need some more time to, to open up. But, you know, tons of you know I mean, aroma. Fruits, yes. I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a. I'll be honest and be the first one to say it's it's a little disappointing when I, when I taste it. It's not as good as uh, maybe I had some pretty high expectations. Well, you came from gro- from the groth. That's to, true, you know, but this is not as uh, as, 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 not as good as good as I remember or as I had hoped. Quite frankly, it's really yeah. good on the nose. I would it say is. the finish is not like the groth. No, the groth oh. was way more grippy though. I think the groth was a lot more complex than this. You know, so we're getting going a different on. price point too. But yeah, and then absolutely. when you. You know, when you kind of swirl only here in my glass, you know, the legs are 
less you know there was a lot of viscosity in the groth i mean the, the legs just slowly were coming down yeah. this one here they're kind of screaming to get back into the liquid a little bit so it's definitely but there's a lot of a lot of going on in those i think it is just like you described though i think it's you know i mean i would i would pop this you know and absolutely be you know perfectly happy drinking it you know and, I, and i've had plenty of wines that when you sit around and drink them um solo it's like you know, it's not as great as, as I had hoped or, or I wanted it to be, but if you pair it with some food, mm-hmm. it totally yeah. changes everything. I mean, um, Italian wines for me are like that. You know, having Italian, I can't really just drink them solo, but, you know, if you are having a traditional Italian meal and you pop open an Italian wine, it makes that wine yeah. completely different. And totally. this may be a good example of that when you pair it with something like pork tenderloin or steak or something along those lines. I could definitely see it being 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 a little different from the flavor profile. Well, it's very young. I mean, it's very young, right? I mean, I'm assuming... It's 15, this is, right? This is probably yeah. their latest... Vintage. I mean, I don't know if they would have punched out a 16 yet okay. on this. So this is probably their latest vintage. So it's definitely young, but I think, I think it's good. You know, yeah. it's hard to go right. from... From Groth to to most things, so way to go, Keith. How much did you pay for the original? <laughs> original well, again, oh gosh, the original. I mean, I have no idea, but it probably back then it was probably a twelve to fifteen dollar mm-hmm. bottle of wine, which back then I would have thought there's zero chance I would ever buy a twelve. You know, <laughs> yeah. just just gotten married and um, you know just started started in, in my working career. I was like, there's no chance I would pay fifteen dollars for a bottle of wine back then. But now, obviously, you wouldn't think twice about it. Um, and I think we got for that gift certificate, obviously probably a case of wine is probably what you you hooked us up with. And I think both of us really enjoyed this one Mm -hmm. and I definitely, I I would buy this again. I mean, it's, it's not as, you know, you know, smooth and, um, you know, satisfying as I thought it would be, but certainly... It, it, I'm not disappointed in it, That's especially at the price point too. Yeah, It's an under twenty dollar California wine mm-hmm. from 2015. There's there's nothing wrong with this at all. It's very good. What we should do though, and you can tell we're new at this podcast thing, is we should rate, figure out our rating system for the wines, right? So we can so go Vivino, we can go Vivino style and do a 3.9, 4.2, whatever. We can do, you know, we can can do like hieroglyphics if we'd like i don't know we can do anything <laughs> because you know we, we control it so what do you guys want to do like we can do it at the end i'm just saying keep that in mind as we go through i guess keep it yeah. for anubis and you go through at the end and and whatever rate them all at the end that's a good idea we can go vivino yeah. style if we want what would you you know yeah do up to five up to five you can do two. decimals we can do quarters i mean like four and a quarter because we are four and a half we always put Four and a quarter, three and a quarter. Three point one two. Three point one five nine. I don't know about the four point one. Four point one, four point three. Nah. So mm. you might have heard this, Keith, and I don't know if you have Mike, and I'm not sure if you've listened to some other podcasts, you would have heard the stat of what the in the U.S. what the average bottle of wine costs, what people are spending on the average bottle of wine. Oh. And it's gone up to this too, like recently, but it's. What's your guess? Ten dollars. My guess would be twenty. Seven. Seven. What? Yeah. Slow. Yeah. And that, a lot, and a lot of little is, penguins. That has moved up from three. It's just a lot amazing. of two buck chuck. I mean, it's, it's just wow. amazing that seven dollars and. Well, because people are buying the organic two buck chuck now. There's That's a lot why. of yellow. <laughs> it's a lot of yellowtail <laughs> being sold in flip flop. 
Well, look, you, and I mean, they're they're satisfying a market point. Wine's intimidating to a great vast, and that's a great way to start. You know, it's totally. just if you want to try it, try. I mean, two two buck chuck, go get a bottle if you've never had it before. Try it, and you'll you know don't. Hopefully, it doesn't sour your taste for it. No pun intended, but um, you know. Start with that and then mm-hmm. work your way up. And that's yeah. when you go to the stores, even Trader Joe's, for example, who sells the two buck chuck, you know, they've got different price points yeah. for wines and some of their wines, even though, you know, people may scoff at the eight, nine, ten dollar price point, they're some fantastic. of those wines are, are yeah. very um yes. you know, very palatable and certainly totally. something you could no, you could drink all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean I'm not trying to crap Trader Joe's has a great wine selection, they do. I mean, from their own brand yeah. through other brands that come in they do this new organic wine kind of kick they do have a good organic wine section if you're into that um and to your point i got a um a six pack of chianti from from last bottle another shameless plug for last bottle we all love last bottle we do. um 12 bucks a bottle for this chianti and i've been just yes. drinking the crap out of it and i'm to yeah, the point where i only have like it's the one with the with the, like animals are stacked on each other, like mm-hmm. they're trying to like steal something from someone's window or something. I have no idea, but it's some random wine that was on there one Sunday. Didn't have a lot of it, and that's a good day to buy wine. The last bottle, by the way, is Sundays because they usually have a limited amount of it, and that's why they're dropping it then. But this Chianti was like twelve bucks a bottle, and I think I plowed through four of them in the in the last month. That that's always one of the greatest things is when you find the that last bottle. Uh, offer and it's yeah. like you debate whether to get six bottles for free shipping. And you realize that okay, I, even at that level, I'm in it for seventy seventy five dollars total. And when you hit on something that's that fantastic, and and by the way, I've done this a number of times. I've never had anything from last bottle that's not palatable. It's it's all good wine. All oh, that Chilean shit, dude. Well, that was that, that was, was that was turned. That was, was not. You think yeah, so? I, I had was, one skunky bottle, but yeah, yeah that that's rare. It's very rare. <laughs> and then, and uh, another plug for last bottle. They took it. Back they did. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, oh yeah, they made it right. That was awesome. They make it right. It's, it's never been a, it's never been an issue of like you know hey I just don't like this wine. There are some that I would say. This is good. I don't know that I'd yeah. buy again, but there are many more that are. This is a fantastic deal, mm. and when this comes up again, I'm going to make sure I may buy an entire case the next time instead of just making sure that I get free shipping. So, well, with last spot, you really feel like you're getting a deal, and 95% of the wines that we've had from yeah. there have been way better yes. than we thought. Oh, expected. absolutely. And we've gotten to try a lot of different things. That's what I like about yeah. it. Yeah. Totally. And if you, Absolutely. like we do, oftentimes, we, we will split. Someone will send an email around saying, hey, I don't want six of these, but I'll take two or three of them. If you have a couple of friends around that also like to drink wine, it's a good way to also grab a couple of bottles, try some things out without having to to drop <clears throat> um, drop the coin for six bottles. So that's good. But what are you drinking now, Chris? What do you feel yourself uh, going towards? Like you In general? In general, you still, I know you... You know, I, I'm more of a value buyer mm-hmm. right so I, I i love the great wines that we have and certainly the, the wines that we share with each other but when i see the um the wtso mm-hmm. or the last bottle or something like that i'm st- i'm still looking for what i think is a, is a good buy is, is what i really look for 
Um, if it's something that I know, I'm all over it. Especially if, if it's a last bottle of WTSO, I'm going to jump on it. Mm-hmm. I know it's good. I'm, I'm going to buy it. But if it's something I don't know, then, you know, obviously you rely on doing a quick Google search and making sure it's something that mm-hmm. other people have similar tastings and, and that they like. So I, I feel like I am still in that realm where I'm, I'm looking for great wines at the most affordable price I can get them at mm-hmm. um, is, is really where I'm at. So, so I think like today, for example, I pulled the trigger on um, six Italian wines on last bottle. The orange label owl thing for fifteen dollars. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> those are that's phenomenal. a great wine. Oh, and this was speaking. Yeah. Of, I was talking about food earlier. I mean, that yes. is a wine that you pair with food, any Italian yeah. dish. It is unbelievable. It's a crowd pleaser. Yeah. And for fifteen bucks, you get you get a crowd pleasing wine. That's that's hard to hard to argue with. Totally. And if we want to do a shameless plug, if anyone wants to look at their phone and find out the name of it. I, I'm doing the recording right now, so I can't. But uh, as much as we've plugged Last Bottle and the Vino, you know, I tried. I looked it up earlier, but I don't even know if I can pronounce it. Uh, it's, yeah, it's got an orange label than now on. And I remember because I believe that David had it. We've had it at your house. I know that, right? I know that I've had uh, it before. I, I, it, I, you, it was, was a marathon purchase for you. No, I no, no, I actually bought one from somebody else uh, the one time. I bought a bunch of them before, and it is great. It's a Baraki Olilo Toscana 2016. There you go. Olilo. So super, is it a super Tuscan? It is a super Tuscan. Yeah. Wow. Bueno. And the one and that the we had first oh. was about, was like the 14. These these are the 16s now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I've had two different years, and they've been fantastic. But that's the cool thing. I remember when I first got into wine, um, Georgia, which is where we're located, um, wasn't a state where you could ship wine to and is find that right? it. Yeah, when you I first got into wine, like, like 15 years ago, you couldn't accept wine shipments from these, whether it was a, a winery direct or one of these dis- distribution type of companies. So finally, our you know Southern Baptist friends decided, you know what, maybe we should change that a little bit and uh, opened it up a little bit. So, so thankfully that that changed. I think roughly about 10 years ago, and since then, I mean. It's changed the whole landscape, yes. in, my, in my opinion, as far as Georgia is concerned and the wines that we've been able, from a consumer standpoint, yeah, from the wines that we've been more readily available. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's tremendous. So I don't know. I mean, that's that's really what I look for from a, a when I'm looking on these websites is, is more of a value and something that I'm familiar with, something I think I might like. Um, but I'm not afraid to try new things too, and I think that's that's the great thing about wine. There's so many options out there. There's so many great varieties. There's so many. Um, I mean, think about Napa, for example. Napa has five five hundred wineries, something yeah, along so that. Like, plus, it's it's yeah, insane, yeah. right? So how could you ever it's try them all? That. It's more than that. It's, it's yeah. Well, they only produce three yeah, percent of California's wine comes from Napa, too, right? Which is mind blowing. And it comes from yeah. Central Coast, where you know Paso Robles is, and you got you know. Exactly. Pispo and all that stuff. But. Exactly. Well, of, of the four of us, though, you you're the only one I think that's been to the old world. So you have kind of the Italy experience and the yeah. France experience, though, which is cool. It's something it is that cool. we do not have. That it, you know, we haven't been there to see it. So I mean, I know when you came back, you're like, oh my god, the wine is so it was. amazing there. I remember Italy in particular it was mm-hmm. like cheaper than like a can of Coke, and you're just you know loving life with a loaf of bread, some cheese, and some uh, house wine. Wasn't even a house wine. It was like a 
pull over to the side of the road and go into the shack and buy a bottle of wine. No that label or anything. Doesn't even have a label, exactly. You pull the cork yeah. out of your tooth. Pretty teeth. much. <laughs> exactly what we did. And frankly, you know, in um, Montegiovi in Italy, that's that's basically where we did. It was like that Montalcino type of area. And uh, we didn't know where we were going or what we were doing. We just kind of stumbled into mm-hmm. this place, found this bottle of wine, and it was, quite frankly, one of the best bottles of wine we had the wow. entire trip. But, of course, their, their table wine yeah. is... You know, it's phenomenal. It beats anything that that you get here, obviously in an Italian restaurant, certainly. So, yeah, I I mean, I didn't go to either one of those places knowing now what I know about wine. Mm -hmm. Certainly, if I go back, it'll be more of a wine-dedicated type of trip. Yeah. But um, just, you know, as as a passive interest, we had wine all the time, and it it was phenomenal. It was everywhere we went. It was great. So you didn't know exactly what kind of wine you're drinking? I had no clue, no. But assuming it's from... The, re- the area you were in. Correct. Like I would within, have to assume, Within five yeah. miles of right, where you were. Right, right. Well, where we were staying, actually, they grew. They had grapes. Uh, obviously, they made their own wine, and they made their own olive oil because yeah. they had both on, on site. So it was just cool to see, and, you know, what an experience. Were you in, was it in Tuscany? It was. At, it was. It was, okay, yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. I'd like all the olives over there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I, I would enjoy... The olives and grapes go hand in hand, right? I, I would... I want to go. Kind of add it to your list. Add it to So, you know, when we were thinking about, um, this is totally changing subjects, but when we were thinking about the potential name for our, our podcast here, and we finally came up with Slightly Toasted, I was thinking one of our names, if it wasn't for you, our name could be Wines for the SEC, but uh, obviously you had to throw a monkey wrench into yeah. that, and, uh, you know, with your, your FSU type of uh, connection, you had to screw that up for us. But it would have been cool for wines at the SEC, but we can call it wines sounds for... Sounds like uh, a horrible name, actually. It sounds like a great name. What are you talking about? Wines of the SEC. Dominating uh, wines? Bourbons of the SEC. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wines that dominate? Bourbons of the SEC. Only <laughs> well, so I brought that up, we've been wines talking... dominate. At my office, we've been, we're like a month out, I don't know, probably six weeks out from football season, and we've been talking about it, and everyone's getting really excited about... Finally, our long nightmare is over. We're about to get back into football season, so that's pretty, uh, pretty exciting. 35 days. Oh, someone knows. Oh, wow, yeah. wow, countdown. Wow, the Georgia guy who lost yeah. the national championship. Yeah, they they right. know exactly. So 42 days, well. he loses their name. <laughs> <laughs> not, not this year. Not this year. <laughs> oh, fun, fun, fun. Um, very good. Well, we are moving along, and I know um, we still have a couple of good you know, full glasses over well, we here. We keep talking we, while we, we can do our... Uh, keep talking, why not? Well, I mean, if you want to tell us about your bottle and how you got started in sure. wine, that we can probably That's finish fine. these in, in that time right. frame. What I brought... So, I brought a Mueller. Um, it's a Napa, Napa Cab. I think all four of our wines today are Napa yeah. Cab. Well, our cabs, our right? Cabs. That's pretty funny that we all California brought... California Cabs. All brought mm-hmm. California Cabs for, for the first thing. We're really... Interesting, but we um, so this is a, a cab from Diamond Mountain, it's a 2012. And the reason why I cho- chose Mueller is so Chris got me into Last Bottle back probably about six or seven years ago now, I would guess. And um, the second thing I bought on there, the first war- was um, Black Pine. Six pack of Pinot, which Black we Pine all loved, Pino, everybody which we loved all did that. love. And yeah. Oregon Pinot, um, it was terrific. Latest, latest release sitting in my wine fridge right now. Really, it's yeah. funny. A Ro- Rosler, right? Rosler is the winemaker, or whatever. That's Camp Four. Yes, it's Black Pine. Yeah, it, it was really good. But then the second bottle came out like that Saturday, 
was Stars and Goats. And Stars and Goats is made actually by Mueller, but it was a 2011. Um, and the 2011 vintage in Napa is, by many accounts, not their greatest vintage. I think it was a very wet year towards harvest, so it, it wasn't um, their best effort. But actually now, I think the 2011s are awesome, um, drinking very beautifully well. right now. They just, I think they just took a little longer to kind of get to where they needed to get. So, but, but Stars and Goats, it was just an interesting name, and it came up, it was like, on the last bottle, I think with 30 bucks a bottle or something like that, but mm-hmm. normally they're like, this is normally an $80 bottle, but because yep. it was a little bit of an off vintage, they didn't want to give it their estate label, so they, they came up with a second label for years. And 30 bucks at that time, five was a lot or six of money. years ago, was a lot of money. Was, I mean, when we were a lot of get, just yeah. getting into wine, totally. it was like, you know what, that, that's a lot of... It's, yeah. But an unknown name and... and that's still a lot of money. Compared to what we're used to drinking, that's like two cases of beer, right? I yeah. mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah, two cases of beer at the time. Well, at the time, we were drinking a lot of scotch. Yeah. And so I don't really think we we're like alcoholics, but we were, we were drinking a lot of scotch. But at the time, though, we were not... We were buying... You could buy a bottle of, like, Balvini... 12 for 30 bucks, yeah, right? Nice. And that goes a lot further than a little more in 2011, 2012. Right now, it's, it's, it's like 60, 45, 65 40, now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's real. It has, that's yeah. what we should have done. We should have all speculated on Scotch. Exactly. We'd be rich right now. Missed anyway, the boat so, on that. Um, so I think, I think Chris and I split the, the purchase, though. I think it, you had to get four bottles, I think, and we each took two. Mm-hmm. And and I remember I popped a bottle of it at your house at my house yeah, at I my house too. I think our our wives were out of town somewhere, and we grilled some steaks and we were outside and we popped the stars and goats and we were all blown away by this bottle of wine. Yeah. It was a supposedly an off vintage and an off year, and um, it kept coming up in last bottle periodically. So I think between the three of us, so Chris and and David and I, we probably bought ten. We probably bought 10 to 12 bottles of Stars and Ghosts collectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's definitely gone because they had a very low yeah. yield of it and it's totally gone. Um, so I went, when I went out to Napa for the first time ever back in 2016, I went on a mission to find Mueller, the label that we have here, and uh, ended up finding it at a Dean and DeLuca in Napa Valley. Um, and, and I brought it home and then of course about three months later it shows up on last bottle for half off but anyway <laughs> but so i brought the mueller today because because that's kind of the my really my big intro into napa napa wine mountain wine which i love it's my favorite yeah you said what, what kind of napa wine do you like the best mountain wine i would Agreed. say diamond mountain howl mountain mount veter pritchard hill atlas mountain they're all just beautiful. The grapes are so concentrated. They're so um, mean, punchy. They're just they're awesome. They fight um, for their existence. They do. Oh they taste yeah. In every every glass. Those grapes struggle to live, and and that's good. Straight grapes that struggle make good wine, and um, these are, and and this is a 2012. 2012 is just if you're drinking wine from Napa between 2012 and and 2015. I haven't really had any of the 2016s yet, but those. Those years That's are just spectacular. Yes. I would say, yeah. you know, the 2015s are tremendous. So I, I, you know, to add on to your story, I can remember that night vividly because I, you know, there there are certain bottles that you drink that you that just stand out, right? Yeah. Like obviously my wild horse, um, this bottle, the the, the the example of the stars and goats is perfect because I remember we all drank it, and I think David was there with us too, and we just tasted it and we're like. Holy shit! This oh, is yeah. unbelievable, well, and that was kind of one of the things that you know continued our yes, yeah. progression during during this down this journey. And for to me, say, when I joined you guys in this neighborhood, I remember the first night we popped a, a Mueller, 
And for me, that was like, this is one of the most fantastic wines I've ever tasted. Well, and that was so, a 20, 2009 Mueller yes. that I scored on another shameless plug for Last Bottle. Um, during a marathon, it was up. Like, in the marathon at Last Bottle, they, it's a, a flash site. They throw a bottle up. It's there for maybe. Some of them are only there in a blink, and they're gone. And, and the 2009 Mueller was yes. like, boom, and I pulled the trigger on it. And, man, what, what a beautiful bottle that was. But Chris alluded to this earlier. Really, that also got me into cabs. Because before that bottle, I was a big Pinot snob to the point where I was was made fun of. um, Because I would only drink Pinot. We'd we'd all go to a nice dinner at a nice (laughs) steakhouse. Like we'd go down to, you know, McKendrick's here is a great steakhouse. um, You know, privately owned steakhouse here in uh, the Atlanta area. And we would go there and and these guys would all order these cabs. And I'd order a Pinot and they'd, they'd mock me. Kind of hurt me a little bit. Question you a little bit. Absolutely. Kind of hurt me a little. Yeah. Bit, I'm just you know a little. Should have been questioned. So we had the stars and ghosts when the, <laughs> when, the, when the ladies went out of town for some reason. Yeah. Three of us over over. Ever mics. Absolutely. Some steaks and steaks. And it was beautiful. And the fall. Star, it was. And yeah. the stars and ghosts was. It floored us. Was actually absolutely, absolutely perfect. It floored us. It was really good. Great crystal. I remember the crystals on the cork. The you know you know when you open yeah. a bottle of wine and mm-hmm. has the. Um, the crystallization on it, and it, it was spectacular. And I don't even know that I decanted that thing. I think I just popped it. In Probably it. not. Popped no. it in. We didn't know any better. better. No, we didn't know yeah. exactly right. Mm-hmm. Did you do what to wine? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So that was probably back, my guess would be 2013. Yeah. Right, because that was a 2011 bottle. So my guess would be, do you think 2014? So it could have been much beyond 20, 20. It was 2015. Was it for real? Mm-hmm. Really? Would you go back and look at your purchase history for last bottle? I went back and looked at when I started posting on Vivino. Oh. Was that your first post? Was that your... The Stars and Goats has been... The Stars I mean, and Goats... It, it, well, had, it, it had, had a good run. on Vivino? It had a good run during April, that whole time frame, so it may have been... April of 2015 is when I started, and, and, and it's all the stuff that I, I know I bought on the marathon, so that, that's why... To me, it, I know it's sooner than I thought. It's only three and a half years ago. It may have been the fall, because I, I remember it was... Um, we, were, we were standing outside drinking... So there's no way we'd have done that in the summer. It would have had, like, well, I guess it could have been spring, here in the spring. And Georgia's really nice out, yeah. but I don't know. That's why I, I feel like it. May I think it was. Fall. I think it was the spring. Really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Regardless, it's hard to believe it's only that, it's it's believe it's only that long ago. In Florida, right? I mean, everybody, everybody. I think everybody had the exact same reaction, which was, "Oh my God, this is yeah. this is a really good, <clears throat> a genuine Napa wine." And that's what people talk about, right? Yeah. When people talk yeah. about wines that floor them, when people talk about yes. wines that mm-hmm. blow them away, that I mean, that's I think mm-hmm. one of the first wines that I ever tasted where it's like, wow, that yeah. that that's it. That's what it's supposed to taste like. Yeah, totally. So, so what are your what are your impressions of this Mueller? No, I mean it's. I mean I've had a lot of these bottles now. I still have one. Yeah. I only have one left actually, which is kind of. How many of these did you buy? This is, I probably had about six of these bottles or eight of these bottles because they kept, I bought the one out in Napa in 2016, but then they kept coming up on last bottle. And every time I do, I buy like three, four. This is 2012. Yeah, it's 2012. 2012. 2012. I've had the 29, the 20, the 2009, 10, and the 11 was the Stars and Goats, the second label, and then the 12. I'm hoping that the 2013 is dropped on um, the next marathon, which is coming up in mid-August. But no, I think this is... You know, this is great. Again, it's you know, it, it's it's got the um, a lot of black fruit. Yeah, a lot of black fruit, fruit complexity to it. I'm you know looking at it, it's definitely got a little more uh, viscosity 
coming down the glass than than say the last bottle we drank. Um, it's less grippy than the. Um, it's a little more subdued than the Groth, I think. The tannins are still there, but I don't think they're as um, you know as tight as as the Groth. But that makes a little sense because it, it's a 2013 versus a 2012, and the 2013s were a little more grippy to begin yeah. with. <clears throat> but I think it's good. And I almost, wow. I actually almost, if I had more time, I was as lazy today. I, my wine was going to be Kudos. Remember the Kudos was like absolutely, the, was the yeah. Mike and Alicia's my wife house wine for. That'd be a good one. I, I was going to do it. That's um, pretty much what I remember. You uh, is just yeah. That really was it. Big fan absolutely. Of kudos. Yeah, Kudos or it's an Oregon Pinot and. Um, it's like fifteen ninety nine. When's the last time you had a kudos? It's been a really long time. For a minute, it got it got hard to find. It did. It, you're hundred percent right. Damn. And, and it was it was getting solid ratings from Parker. And then it was everywhere. Um, well, Total yeah. Wine just has it everywhere. <laughs> but That's Parker funny. though was giving it like eighty. They were giving it away. <laughs> eighty eight to nineties for a fifteen dollar bottle of Pinot from Willamette. Which Willamette Pinot is is pretty. It's hard to find a bottle of Willamette Pinot for less than twenty five bucks. You really yeah, have to try. Really, and yeah. so to get kudos for fifteen bucks, it's a, it's a solid wine. I mean, I, I, if I drank it now, it'd be interesting. Not that I'm some aficionado now, but certainly I'm a lot different than I was back. Your taste change in twenty twelve sure. or twenty thirteen mm-hmm. when I was drinking a crap ton of kudos. Um, kudos is big till Naomi came around. Ah, oh, Naomi's like sugar in a bottle, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. Naomi. They're different. Alicia loves Naomi, and you know, first of all, it's got screw top, so that's like strike one. Second of all, I mean, I don't know. It's like end cap Walmart. I disagree with the screw. I disagree with the screw top. Look, if it's from New Zealand or Australia, I'll take it as a screw top. If it's I, like a a German Riesling or something with a screw top, that's fine. If you're gonna try and give me a California red. With a screw top, I'm gonna to tell you it's why. Crap. Why? It's just come on, man. Throw a cork in that thing. Spring for some cork. The hell, They're man. They're getting their and, price and, and, point that they are going to market at a certain yeah bachelorette parties. That's what Miomi is. And I, I thoroughly tell enjoyed the airport story. I thoroughly enjoyed the Miomis I had yeah. at the airport the other night, <laughs> I, knowing that it was on the list. On your way home from that bachelorette party. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make my money somehow. <laughs> well played. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I've, I've, I've had top. screw top wines, and, yeah. and you open them, and you're like, oh, this is pretty good. You know, it's not bad. I mean, certainly you're, you're right. I mean, the expectation of a screw top wine is holy moly, this is like a step up from box wine, which I know you're a fan of, so I don't want to, you know, no, one jump time, on you. One time. <laughs> one time in the pool. <laughs> I think that's changing though. I think one dark time. It really is. Really more popular. It, well, well, why? Why? I mean, is there a shortage of cork? Is it too expensive? Well, cork I mean, is getting expensive yeah. though. So, so, so what? What is, what is the reason behind yeah, that? There's a shortage, and yeah. the fact that we've all just talked about having wine that's corked. Where yeah. I mean, there the quality control on cork is getting much better, but it is still an organic substance, and if you are not really <clears> looking at some of the like. The, the advantages you get if you're really looking to store wine over a long time because there is a very small degree of what transpiration through the cork uh so a cork does come from a tree it is yeah so it's a type of oak isn't it cork oak um well you're a trivia guy i am 
who is the number one exporter? Which country is the number one exporter of pork? Portugal. Australia. Portugal. Really? You knew yep. that was that's like low hanging fruit. Yeah, you, man. Right. I mean, seriously, it's like, what's your name? I, I mean, <laughs> like, you're gonna ask me this question, really? I don't know. But so anyway, if you're not going to be storing the wine for years and years and years, and if you're not trying to really work on developing those flavors and typically your reds that go as a very tiny bit of oxygen gets through. <clears throat> There's really nothing wrong with the screw top. It is just, it's a perception issue. So how long can a bottle of wine last with a screw top? If you put it in a cellar, I mean, what what's stopping it from? There's still no air getting in, right? Well, it depends on the wine, though, right? I mean, it, like some wine can age. Some wine is made to age. When you look at Bordeaux, they're made to age. Burgundies are made to age. Um, certain California cabs, especially the Napa cabs, are meant to age. Uh, but then there are other wines that are not meant to age, like a, a no one's aging a Miomi. Yeah, no one's yeah, no one's aging a Miomi. Pinot Grigio. The, the average <laughs> drinking time for a Miomi is probably 14 minutes. Right. Like they go to their local <laughs> grocery store and they're buying it to bring <laughs> like the ladies' night. They're trying to get it <laughs> off the shelf. Parking lot, they're just cranking. That's like a fast food hamburger, man. So they're trying to get right. it out of Drop the Miomi. straw in on the way. Right. Home. I mean, what's this? There's a stat though. The average bottle of wine yeah, is so drink, just, drink or drunk. Was it drunk, uh, drunk, whatever? Depends. Within Either four hours, doesn't matter. Yeah. Within forty hours, the average bottle of wine bottle. The average, the average length of time it ages is in the uh, passenger seat on the drive home. Yeah. Wow. Um, something like that for sure. But so those like, of us who have wine fridges, we're out of the. Oh, we're, we're out of the norm, right? Remember, yeah, the, we're definitely more. The out average of the norm. cost of the bottle is seven dollars. The average aging time is the drive home. Yeah. So we're we're well outside the norms and mm-hmm. happy to celebrate that. Well, I'm uh, thrilled you brought the Mueller. It's fantastic. Thank you for bringing it. It's always so, good. So on your question, what what do you prefer now? Which yeah. wine of mm-hmm. choice uh, currently? Currently, ah, uh, I mean, it's really the time of year for me. So we're in the summer. So I, I tend not to drink a lot of cabs in the summer. Because they are to me more of, I don't know, they're a heartier wine. So I, I tend to drink more Pinots in the summer, uh, more Spanish wines in the summer because I like to grill and you know make tacos and stuff like that. So I don't know, kind of that. I, I have been getting a little more into white wines, so I'll drink a little more white wine in the summer. Um, some interesting white wines. We need to drink more white wine. We do. I mean, we, we, that, know, we know that. It's a future podcast. We will do a whole episode of white wines. And That'll be an introduction to white wine to me. I am not a white wine guy. We'll, we'll I can be that. your have, steward on this. this please. You'll this have to host journey. that show because we'll I am not a white wine uh, guy. We're going to travel the world we're, we're with, going to change that. with our now, viewers. Hopefully one of, one of our shows. <laughs> with our listener. Yes, right. With our family members who we pay to listen. Thank God there's no viewers. I'm envisioning a... We thank you all, all five of you. Yes, I'm envisioning a future Scott show, a future bourbon um, show. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. We'll, we'll branch out. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, definitely. We'll definitely branch out from... from what will be wine-centric, but... Well, definitely. Uh, we yeah. all love bourbon. We all love scotch. Could even do a craft beer. It's quite amazing how That's much a, we drink and how much we like. And still, quite it's and, it's and still have like. It's impressive. Uh, we're still married. We're still married, and yeah, exactly. We're still employed. Well, the so. key is to marry people who like to drink too. That is the key. Because if they don't, then not too much. They drink less than you, so they can drive you home. That's, That's, That's true. Yes, and take care of you. All right, so we have one more. 
wine to uh, to review, and um, that is that is Mr. David's wine. David, what did you bring us this evening? So I have an Elise Cab. 2013. The first wine that I really thought was something that blew me away was an Elise Cab. It was at Chris's house. I believe it was in sometime in uh, early 2015, um, pre-April. So I would say you probably you probably had us over for dinner. You pop you pop the bottle. I remember the night. It was chilled. I don't know. You might not have decanted it. Whatever. We didn't decant it. I remember it vividly. Keep going. And I, um, I don't, I don't know what you had. I don't know what you made. Um, But I I do know that I had, I had definitely been trending away from beer. Um, And this was poured, and I, I was absolutely floored by by how good a wine could be. I, uh, I had had, in the past I would say, my wine that I preferred was probably Merlot, is what I had had the most of. I, I, I really didn't drink a lot of Cab. Definitely did not drink a Whites. Kim, my wife, Chardonnay drinker. Buttery, oaky Chardonnay drinker, which I really don't like. Yeah, um, I used to. Some, some of it, uh, some of it. I mean, it, it just depends. And and now I'm sorry, I, I I like definitely more Chardonnays yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, There's so much you can do with it. It doesn't have to be buttery and oaky. I know that's where the market goes. I don't want to do a tangent, but yes, you you walk into the the wine shop and you see butter bomb and and buttercream, mm-hmm. yeah. and now like I kind of like sounds so cloying to me, and you know, just yeah, wow, the market's really gone that way. Here's a bottle of Rombauer. Go. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Ron Bauer. <laughs> we digress. We'll we, we digress. We digress. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, at least we, Cabernet we hijacked his story. Please. 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 Damn it. So, so the Elise was, uh, I I know I asked a lot of questions that day about, about the wine. I, I looked at the bottle. I That's the day that the light went off where I need to start look, drinking more wine. Uh, and more red wine that that isn't that's not Merlot. Um, that 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 was followed up sometime in the next couple weeks by um, an Elise Zen, which again blew me away. And 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 I, I could actually tell the difference between the Cab and the Zen, but I loved them both. And um, I just knew that uh, that that was when I, I was going to start liking wine. From there, from there, we the stars and goats, the Mueller, um, were all were all just big wines that, that totally got me, uh, gave me the bug, and, and and I started once I had once I had the Elise, I I immediately started looking into to, to different different wines. Um, that was probably a few weeks before uh, a last bottle marathon, which I, you had told us about, and we we all did. And uh, I bought six different wines, and and that that really started started the train there, and it's been rolling ever <laughs> since. 
heavy. Yep. And I have not stopped. And I, I've been wanting to just to try, you know, any any type of wine that I can. And uh, since then, and you know, I could say that your house was where it happened. I, mean, I well, here's the funny thing. I remember um, that the night of the Zinfandel that you talked about because. Um, we had a bunch of people over and everybody was hanging out and we were probably three bottles in and I opened this bottle and, and people were decanting wines and things like that. I opened this bottle of Zinfandel really quick and I poured a bottle of it, uh, poured, poured a glass of it and you were like, does that need some time? And I tasted it. I was like, no, this is ready to go. <laughs> and, and I poured you a glass and, and you had that, your, that reaction like, Holy crap! This is unbelievable. And both of us <laughs> kind of realized at that time is like, oh my god, this is. I mean, we got cabs, we got Zinfandels, we got all kinds of unbelievable wines that we have not even begun to discover. And that, to me, I remember that night vividly. I mean, it was it was in my kitchen, and everybody was blown away by that bottle of wine. I'm sure that I was not able to uh, conceal how excited I was. No, I mean, no. for me, for me to to, to go out. To, to, to go off from there, I mean, to, you know, just dive in, I, I had to just love it. I mean, so so that was definitely uh, what did it, so. Yeah. So what do you, when you taste this 2012 Elise Cab, what do you, what do you taste? 2013. Oh, 2013. Okay. 12. Oh, that's a 12? Yeah, it's a 12. Yeah. Oh. You grabbed the wrong one. Thank we'll you. Even better than we thought. Ha ha. Wow. Well. <laughs> it's Dang great that good. you brought brought the twelve though, because this is this is a cool comparison, because this is from Yontville, so it's Valley Floor in Napa versus the Mueller we just had, which is Mountain Wine, and I think it's from twenty twelve as well. So same yeah. same vintage, completely different, um, you know, Appalachians AVAs within within Napa, and this is a lot smoother to me than I agree. the Mueller. The Mueller yeah. definitely was grippier. Yes. Right? A lot more concentrated. Yes. This is much smoother, mm-hmm. silky. This is, del- I mean, delicious. This is typical Elise. Yeah, I mean, delicious. it's yeah. so smooth. smooth. Elise, is. Elise is always on, on point. It's super smooth yeah. and just so easy to drink. Yeah. And, and, and then you can even tell the difference between, because I'm assuming that Groff, I don't think we have the bottle down here in the Groff, no. but my guess is it's Oakville, right? So, and that's Valley Floor as well, but then you think the next year, as a 13, right, how grippy that yeah. was compared to the 12 Valley Floor and a different Appalachian stuff. So it's actually pretty pretty interesting. And then you compare it to the Paso Robles, which to me was a lot more, um, like the fruit just smacked me in the face on the Paso Robles when we were drinking it. Um, right, you know, and, and it's a 2015 on top of it all, so Correct. way newer, yeah. way less time to develop the flavors into it. Great um, description of the differences, yeah. <clears throat> now, this is really good, and I, I swore, I could have sworn that I took a 2013, but nice, good that work. was the wrong one. Yes, please. Thank you for not wearing your readers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is, uh, you didn't wear his don't, don't wear your glasses next time you grab something yeah. good. That'd be great. This is still really good. <laughs> now, this is this is phenomenal. This is. Really good. This has been an evening good, of fantastic wine. Good no, it, ha- it has sure. been, and th- and this is a, a great one to end on because this is I feel like, like you said, David, this is Elise was the cab and the Zinfandel especially were two of the wines that helped really get us kickstarted on our love mm-hmm. for red wine. I, I mean, I mean, we we just 
I, re- I remember getting this bottle and having it at, and pouring it for everybody and be, everyone just like yeah holy shit away. this is yeah also, I think uh, even so you know uh, I'd had the Groth in probably 95 96 mm-hmm. Zinfandel to me was tainted by white Zin yeah and the first time I heard you guys were drinking Zin I did not know that much I'm like <laughs> Is that that same sweet, you know, like that that horrible phrase that we don't like wine, but we like this one. And that's not the right. thing I really like to hear. Uh, I'm sorry if there's anyone out there that has found like one fantastic wine that has brought them into it. But uh, I had had some white Zins that were like Kool-Aid and and uh, honestly, with with the Elise and a few others, I really developed a taste for Zin through our our you know our journeys here in the it, we're all in the same neighborhood here and uh we do love our wines yeah but uh yeah i hadn't had i, I had definitely had not had a red zen ever i don't think and until i mm-hmm. had it at your house yeah um so so that was definitely eye-opening the cab I, I definitely had. Cab. I remember opening I that cab. Zin, and I remember opening it, and you were like, "Does that need some time?" And I poured it. And I said, "Nope." Yeah. It's good to go. <laughs> and, well, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it, it it was just, you know, we probably, probably probably the atmosphere and everything helped contribute, mm-hmm. and, and we we might have had a little buzz, but the fact that I uh, remembered it that much. Yeah. Uh, it, it was good, and <clears throat> I'm a wine club member of the least, so. There you go. That's shameless us. plug. I shameless love it. plugs. Nice. The nice. Um, well, Zins I think are becoming a lot more popular too, as yes. the price of cab has really screamed higher. Yeah. I think people looking for a little alternative, like I don't, you know, yeah. I, want, I want a really good bottle of wine, but I want to spend whatever to get that quote good bottle of wine, and, and you can get great Zins. And if you're wondering what the flavor profile of Zin is, it's like yeah. big and bold, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's Spice. powerful. Yeah. It's it's spicy. It's, it's pepper. And Lodi is a big producer Lodi, of, yeah, of, of yeah. Zinfandel. Yeah, so totally. if you're in a store and you're and you're wanting to try something different, something with a lot of flavor, it's asking for like a Lodi Zin, and I'm yeah. sure they have some some great suggestions. And so. it does. It grows well in hot climates, and that does tend to mean high alcohol. So nothing wrong with that. So tread lightly. <laughs> tread lightly. <laughs> Don't drink and drive. Share with a friend. Russian River, though. Russian River is now becoming like a Zen. Well, Dry Creek up there, right? So Dry Creek Creek is, uh, so if you go up towards, that's towards Healdsburg, right? And you break off, you go to Alexander, Dry Creek, and then um, Russian River right there. I mean, they they definitely are growing some good Zins up there for sure. You're right. Napa, the land's too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Cab in Napa, that's where they get their dollars. So the the other farmland that's maybe less uh less valuable they, they grow some zin so but um want to talk a little bit about our our future yeah where, where absolutely the will go. well well i was gonna say this has been an amazing evening we've tasted four incredible wines we we've uh, chatted for about an hour for mm-hmm. for all these wines so that's okay. time flew it's unbelievable i mean we're, we're, we're past an hour here so you know our goal is to keep doing these i don't know how frequently maybe once a month or something like that so hopefully everybody tunes in and listens we'll have kind of like i said a a theme for every single uh show if you have some suggestions on what we should uh talk about we're happy to take those in um but yeah for for now i think we're 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 ready to sign off and and you know finish these bottles of wines that we open well i i have something before we before we end um it, it, it's a historic day coming in for georgia in, in two days 
July 30th is the official day that Georgia gets its first ABA, mm-hmm. which is a big deal, the Dahlonega yes, Plateau. The Dahlonega Plateau. And it is a huge deal, and I mean, it's, it's two days from now. So uh, the fact that we're actually doing this and um, that North Georgia is be- going to become the uh, Napa Valley of the South. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can dream. It's got to start somewhere. That's right. Uh, right. People it, laugh it, at Mojave too. It's really cool. It, it's cool because the <laughs> where the Delonica Plateau is is a, probably about 40 miles from here. So mm-hmm. uh, the fact that there's an actual AVA going to be an AVA two days from now, uh, 40 miles from us, is pretty cool. And we're actually really close to the actual Delonica Plateau, but yeah. the ABA yes. it goes a little bit a little north and further up. northwest into the into the mountains, into the uh, yes, Blue Ridge, right? Yeah, yeah, Blue Ridge, Delonica. Yeah. So one of our shows will be totally we'll be dedicated to, will. to yeah, the. Totally. Uh, it will. There, there's a lot the wines of talk Georgia wines. Georgia, Georgia wines, exactly. Uh, I've had a handful, and they're, and they're still are, here. Still they're here. exactly. I've lived through it. They're they're great. They're they're different to say the least. They're, so they're building their capabilities. And, they they and they've got some work to do, but you know what? I think that um, they're on the right path. Got to so. start somewhere. Exactly. We're so. going to explore the country. We're going to explore the world and many different grapes in between. Exactly. But because uh, everyone's slightly toasted. I think everyone's I, I beyond like slightly this. toasted after this. Right. I'm a medium right. toast. I, th- I oh. think that's a, that's a good name. So for Chris, David, Mike, and Keith, thank you so much for listening, and we hope you uh, catch us on the next podcast.